Where would you sit on the idea of surrogacy? Could you ever do it? Would you ever use a surrogate? It's only uh, fairly recently that surrogacy has become legal in Western Australia and on the condition that no money changes hands. It's still such an emotionally charged area, I guess because for a lot of us the question comes down to how anyone could carry a baby regardless of its genetic parentage and then give it up. And I, I'd like to know what you think about that. One double nine double two seven twenty on afternoons. Canberra woman Sue Phillips has, and she's written about her experience in a book called Someone Else's Child, and she joins us on afternoons now. Hi, Sue. Hi. Look, it's fantastic to have you on the program. This is such an enormously complex area and we've, we've got limited times, but, and I've, I've read the book. There are just so many areas we could go. <laughs> well, tell me to start with what made you decide to be a surrogate mother? Like any huge decision, it's not made up of one thing. It's made up of a whole myriad of elements. So just quickly, um, one of the things was this baby that I carried is in fact the niece of one of my very close friends. This was her brother and his wife's child. She was distraught that she couldn't help them because she hadn't finished having her own family. And this is very, very highly encouraged by um, the ethics committees that rule on applications. So she was very distraught that she couldn't help them. I've always wanted to be a mummy. I never wanted to be a ballerina or an astronaut. I wanted to be a mummy. And for me, the idea of not being able to be a mother, the question of what would I do if I had faced that came to me and that that played on my mind greatly. And then I had to look at the fact that, well, I had three children of my own. I could have another if I wanted to. And really, how was I going to feel every time I saw them? How was I going to feel about the fact that they couldn't. Nothing was going to change their situation. So with a, a bunch of other things, my husband and I set about having a series of conversations and doing research where we finally ended up thinking that for us, this was a possibility. We could actually do this for them. And how much of that, Sue, because obviously this, uh, as part of a family, this wasn't just your decision. You had three mm. children and a husband and, and that process is just very interesting in the book, I think. Can you just take us through that? Look, the big thing we needed to be um, certain of was that the children were going to be okay by it because you would not want to give uh, a childless couple a child only to discover that you've damaged your own children. So we tried to broach the subject with them very, very gently, but with complete honesty. So we asked them um, how they, you know, did they know uh, that there were people out there in the world who couldn't see did they appreciate there were people out there that couldn't hear? And they said, yes, yes. And then, of course, they told us their stories of what they knew. And I said, did you know there were ladies who couldn't have babies? And that was a completely foreign concept to, to them because you either see women who aren't ready to be parents or are pregnant or have children. So, you know, to them or, or their grandparents or they're too young. So for them to know that a woman couldn't have a child was a very new concept. And then we stepped up further a little later by saying sometimes someone could carry a baby for another lady um, if that was the problem, if the carrying was the problem. And then finally we went to how would you feel if mummy carried a baby for Lily because Lily can't have a baby. So it was a long process and they had a lot of questions and it took about two weeks for them to sort through all of their questions and ponder our answers and finally say, yes, we think this is a good idea. And you had to go through counselling and your um, and your children were also spoken to as part of that 
that process. And that was um, – go on, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of the best things about the process is the number of steps you jump through, the hoops you jump through, the steps you have to take, really ensures that everyone knows what they're getting into, but everyone's protected. And I think that's absolutely vital. At the end of it all, you don't want a happy couple with a new baby and a destroyed family. You need to know that all the people who enter into the agreement – are going to be safe and well at the end. And so looking, looking back just in terms of how your kids sort of coped with, and obviously you wouldn't have gone ahead with it if you didn't feel very mm. uh, comfortable and confident that they could really grasp this idea. Looking back now, do you think that uh, that, that was right, that they did? Are they still comfortable with it? They're very comfortable with it. Um, they asked me the other day whether they were allowed to tell their friends that we did this because, of course, a book was coming out. And I said, yes, you can tell anyone you like, but you need to understand that not everyone's going to like it and they're not going to be wrong because opinion is belongs to each person. So just because you're happy and comfortable with what we did won't mean that everyone is and you need to let them know if they disagree with you that that's great, that's fine. I'm talking to Sue Phillips. She's the author of Someone Else's Child. Sue has been a surrogate mother and chronicled her experiences with it in this book. For those of us who've been through pregnancy, I think as a as a woman being pregnant or as a partner of somebody that's that's pregnant, it's a very emotional. Um, it, it's uh, it, it's such an intense time. How did you cope with that? Well, actually, look, daily life just kept rolling. Um, I don't. I'm I'm very lucky. I have quite good pregnancies. I don't suffer over much with um, morning sickness. Indigestion's my biggest player. So really, for a a great period of it, life just continued on. Now, I I did have a small issue in the fact that I am quite terrified of needles. Um, And yes, I knew there'd be a lot of needles when I went into this. And so uh, at one stage, I was having to face three or three blood tests a week, and that was confronting. But other than that, really, we all just got on with it. And it was great. The kids were involved. They'd want to know how big the baby was and, you know, were they going to be able to feel the baby kick yet? And they'd talk to the baby and tell the baby about the parents and what they were going to do. And, you know, I'm learning to ride my bike and one day your mummy and daddy will teach you to ride a bike. So, mm. did you uh, did you at any stage when you were um, and I, I should just um, just be clear when you're when you um, a, a, a surrogate and you might be able to clarify this for you mm. it, it was um, it was the the couple's sperm and egg so yes. there, there was no part of, uh, of of this child that was yours from conception. That is absolutely correct. Now, in the strictest terms, surrogacy, um, often surrogates did provide the egg as well. That's not something that we would have entered into in our family. That's when one of the lines we did draw. Uh, we found that thought that would be too confusing for me and for our children. But so, yes, this was 100% genetically uh, the commissioning couple's child. And uh, that made it very easy to say to my children, no, this will not be your brother or sister. <laughs> so, yes, it was 100% their child. And I think that um, worked best for everyone. Did you at any stage think um, while you were pregnant and, and this baby's growing in, inside you, did you at any stage think, gosh, what if, what if I've got this wrong? What if at the end of this I emotionally can't deal with it? What if I, I change my mind? Or were you... Were you clear from the start and did that ever sh- ever shift? Um, I was absolutely clear. I knew I would never keep this child. But that's because 
I went into this with the intention that this would be their child. Uh, as I said, the genetics were theirs as well. And that's that. those two pieces made a huge difference to me. So uh, I could no more have kept Sophie than I could have picked a child up out of a pram at a shopping centre and walked off. But I, I, um, I think I probably scared my husband once, not long before we had her, by saying, I'm not sure how to give her up. And he said, what are you talking about? That's what you wanted. And I said, no, no, no. It's the question of once you have done the physical act of labour and giving birth, how do you immediately follow that with a huge emotional thing of actually handing the child over? I don't know how, how easy that meshing of those two things is going to be. And um, I think probably just asking the question made a big difference to us because it, you know, it turned out not to be a problem. But I never thought I would get attached to the child and I never thought I'd have any problems giving her up. And I guess it's uh, you've, you've got to go through the emotional sort of what ifs so that mm. you can talk about them and you can gauge your, your potential reaction. Tell us oh, about I agree. The, tell us about the birth. How did you decide to do it and, and why? Um, originally, I'd thought I would have a cesarean section because I thought this would separate uh, her birth from my children's births. So, you know, separate those in my mind and my memory and therefore not confuse things uh, in the future because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when, when you've had a baby, you know, you're absolutely chock-a-block full of hormones. And I thought perhaps in the long run, it would be easier to keep those two acts separate. But in the long run, I decided to have a, a natural birth. And I decided based on a friend of mine, her mother made a very, very casually handed statement. She said, if you're trying to separate the, these things, to keep your these two things separate... Do you think that a lifelong scar reminding you of her birth will be a problem? And in the long run, I decided that pushing the baby out was going to be a better choice than actually looking down each day and seeing a scar. What about stretch marks? I'm fairly blessed. I have a few, <laughs> but in fact, Sophie didn't leave her name on me. My children have, but wow, Sophie that's didn't. interesting. She was, isn't she it? was very, very considerate, um, except for her absolute love of ice cream. That didn't help me a lot. I'm not an ice cream person, but I ate a lot of ice cream when pregnant with Sophie. <laughs> when she when she arrived, what was that moment like? When you, when uh, was she given to you, or did you give her up immediately? Well, initially she was she was a very very mucky baby. So initially the midwife had her, and it was in my birth plan that I needed to give uh, Sophie to her mother. Uh, I felt that it was really important that just because my physical job had finished, that I not be disposed of and bypassed. So it was in my birth plan, and uh, there was a moment at which I thought the midwife was going to hand the baby to her mother, and I got uh, look. I'd say I'd say agitated, but that's probably overstressing it. I did say no, 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 me. I need to get the baby to her, and she said it's okay. I'm just cleaning her up, and she was a very mucky baby, so she needed a bit of cleaning. Um, it was a nice moment. See, her mother had had the privilege of cutting the cord, which I thought was really wonderful, and. Uh, Whilst I probably held on to Sophie just a tad longer than I intended to because I forgot the third stage of labour and a bit of a distraction needed there, um, it was it was lovely. Um, I actually saw it on video the other day. I kissed her on the head and I said, are you ready to go meet your mum? And then I handed her to Lily and I it worked. <laughs> Do you, and you still have uh, some contact with, with Sophie now? <clears throat> 
Absolutely. Yes, I saw uh, Sophie a couple of weekends ago uh, when she came to play with her cousin. And I spent the day with uh, Lily a couple of weeks before that. So, yes, we definitely do see each other. I have mean, you had any pangs of, has any of your family had any pangs of possession, I suppose, of a family possession as opposed to the sort of pang you might get by a cute child? No, no, we haven't. Um, there was a day when my oldest, who's getting to a hormonal stage herself, was quite out of sorts and she seemed upset and, and withdrawn. And I finally said to her, darling, do you want me to take you to see Sophie? And she looked at me and her eyebrows went up and she gave me this look of scorn and she said, why would I want to see Sophie? Oh, bless her. Oh, okay. I was only a teenager. That's can. not it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got that one wrong. So, no, everyone's very comfortable. <clears throat> Sorry, frog in the throat. That's no, okay. Um, um, look, Sue, can I ask you, and there's, there was a mm. whole lot of um, legal issues right through this story that I found very fascinating, and I think anyone whose life has been touched by surrogacy in any way would be really interested to um, find out about, and we don't have time to go Certainly. through those now. But mm. can I, I just have to ask you before I, I, I let you go, whether now with a bit of passage of time, whether you would do it again? If I could go back in time, to the beginning of the journey, knowing what I know now, I would absolutely categorically do it again. I have, I'm so proud of my family. I am thrilled with what we've done. She's a gorgeous little girl and I'm so glad she's here. I'm so glad she's with her parents, but I would not do it again. I'm 42 years old. They are no longer a childless couple. And whilst I, I do have a huge sense of satisfaction over being able to give this gift, it's not a thing that you do, in my mind, it's not a thing I should do more than once. Um, it's time for me and my family to have our time. Look, it's just been so wonderful talking to you, Sue, and it's a, it's a, I, th I think it just takes a special sort of person that, that can do what you've done, what, wherever you stand on it. And um, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me.